Hey, Autumn. Hey, Hal. So you remember Caleb Callow? Unfortunately. Well, this time he is this guy who is struggling with monogamy. Like, he isn't usually monogamous in his relationships, but has promised a long-distance partner, someone who is across the Atlantic Ocean from him, that he will be monogamous. Extremely difficult for him to actually do this. Also, he's also, like, fully in love with another person. Like, he definitely has feelings for his long-distance partner, but he's fully in love with another person who is there in person. And that sounds like a nightmare. Okay, but is it gay? I'm looking forward to this, buddy, in a very bi way. Um, love and grad school. I'm here and I love you. Not only is it gay, but it is wondrous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring it back. <laughs> Maybe I'll say it every episode. I don't know. I think it's a great bit to bring back every episode. <laughs> He's so supportive. Uh, That's why they're on the podcast. Because I'm supportive and not because I, like, just stubbornly inserted myself into your just, fun new just project. shoulder charged your way into... <laughs> just showing up to the recording sessions you didn't... Inv- I'm actually in the recording session for New York <laughs> Christmas Wedding. Uh, I just didn't say anything, but I did sort of you know, sit quietly in the corner of the room, insisting that I be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little terrifying, but okay. That's sad because that yeah. requires you to have watched that movie, and I don't think anyone should watch a New York Christmas with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh. This is Okay, But Is It Gay? It's a show about queer media that maybe you haven't heard of, uh, that certainly doesn't get talked about on other podcasts. <laughs> Um, this is season 2.5, the Gay and Wondrous podcast of Caleb Gallo. Uh, how you doing, Autumn? You know, I'm, I was happy this episode was a little shorter, gotta say. Mm. Enjoyed that. That was a nice bright spot. Whole five minutes shorter? Is that true? Yeah, that's significant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, uh, maybe about three and a half minutes. This episode clocks in at 15.34, the last episode was almost right at 19 minutes. Mm, okay. I guess I rounded it up in my head. Autumn, you'll be happy to know that the next episode is even shorter. <laughs> I think it's only 10 minutes. Oh, hell yeah. I love that for me. It's a lot, it's a lot more intense, mm-hmm. but it is, so many it is much shorter. In the next episode. I only have two pages of notes for episode two. Oh, I only have one page. I have I've, I've only had one page, page for... <laughs> you guys writing? <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, well... Part of it is that I'm keeping track of every phone call in the television show. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Because the least believable part of all of this to me is that millennials would answer their phone <laughs> when they receive a call. Yeah. Honestly, most of my notes is just WTF over and over again. So <laughs> Millennials who would answer their phone and not answer it immediately with, are you okay? <laughs> If someone calls me, I immediately think that someone has died. As you should. Yeah. Uh, my first note here just says chaos. Yes, because we open on uh, 
Freckle is high out of her mind, blasted on beta blockers and iced coffee and also alcohol. We don't know. And she has an audition. Yeah. And Caleb is bringing her to that audition and they are role playing husband and wife so that he has an excuse to keep her upright in the waiting room. She is wearing a suit skirt that is entirely sequined in this like geometric <laughs> 60 style pattern. Yeah, the exact line is, uh, I'm on six beta blockers and a large iced coffee. I have no idea what I'm here for. <laughs> um, which beta blockers are a blood pressure medication. Yeah. Uh, why why you got that much I don't, blood pressure? <laughs> why do you need six of them? I don't, are they like, I don't know, maybe this LA people write in, uh, maybe they're used like off label as like a recreational drug, but like I was reading, I was doing some research and I didn't see like any fun side effects. Yeah. It was just like side effects. You might die. It seems like you need some blood pressure. You need at least a little bit of blood pressure. Yeah. That's how the blood gets to places. The two types of strokes are like too much blood pressure in your brain and mm -hmm. too little blood pressure in your brain. Mm -hmm. But both of them cause largely the same uh, symptomology, which is difficult uh, because they have to figure out which type of stroke you're having before they can treat it. Because mm -hmm. uh, if they do the wrong one, it'll make it worse yeah. and, and or kill you. Yeah. So we're at this audition uh, the part is only for redheads. If you see an audition and they're calling for a redheaded actor, dye your hair before you go. Also, if you are calling for actors to audition and you need a redhead specifically, just call Central Casting. I don't know why they're bothering. <laughs> they have a whole folder that's just redheads. It's very, it's very odd. Cause like what we hear of the role, what we see of the audition, there is no need for this woman to be a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they've maybe they've already cast the kids and one of them is a redhead. Maybe. Uh that's a recessive gene. You could like not present it in both of the parents and the kid gets it. Yeah, like the the casting like uh guy is like the role is for redheads only and Freckle says, I have a wig and it's the most atrocious wig I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like it wants so badly to be a bob, but is incredibly short in the back. It's like a World War II blitz haircut. It's the exact haircut that Wendy Darling's daughter has in the direct-to-DVD sequel to Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> that is perhaps the deepest cut I have ever heard. We can talk about direct-to-DVD Disney sequels. <laughs> that is so yeah, accurate, Yeah, we will though. in season four. Wait, that's like... <laughs> the most accurate description i'm so upset now it's fine okay continue everyone everyone google wendy darling's daughter i think her name's jane hold on yeah hold on I'm gonna awkwardly right. wrap around my microphone so that i don't bump it <laughs> wendy darling daughter bumped my microphone anyway go to images mm -hmm. Oh, that really is the haircut, huh? <laughs> yeah. That really is the haircut, huh? I have huh? never been wrong about Dark and DVD Disney sequels. I have never been wrong. So Karen comes out of her audition. Mm -hmm. Sits on Freckles. Having back. auditioned for the for the same role as Freckle. Mm -hmm. And she is a redhead. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And Freckle says, hey, Big Red. And Karen says, how you doing, Freckle? At which point Freckle says, I'm drunk. <laughs> at, which, uh, at which Caleb says, you drove here. Yeah, which, like, this is probably the bit of the whole show that, like, has aged the worst, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, drunk driving isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Impaired driving isn't funny. Don't do it. Yesterday, my boyfriend was over, and I was reading for theory, and he just, like, put on a video for, like, background noise, and it was, like, dash cam compilations. Oh, God. And there was a woman who was just, like, straight up driving through the median in a divided highway. Uh, oh, my God. And it was, like, it was so stressful. Like, I had to ask him to, like, put on something else uh, because it was just, like, so stressful. Uh, anyway, it turns out this this distracted driver was uh, impaired. Um, don't drink and drive. Don't. don't do drugs and drive. Don't do it. <laughs> Have an exit plan before you arrive at the party. <laughs> or do the thing that I do and just find someone with a couch nearby. Yeah, literally, I, I all, I'm always, like, I have a couch. If you need it, I have a couch. <laughs> Do you need the couch? I have a couch. Except um, it's first thing in the morning no. also. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other thing with Freckle's character is that, and I mean, given Freckle, she's probably, it's probably still like she's still drunk rather than drunk again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it's, it's a lot. It is. Uh, but yeah, so the casting director or I don't know if he's a casting director. The casting assistant comes out and is like, uh, dramatically checks the notebook that has one name in it because mm-hmm. there's one person in the waiting room and it's Freckle. <laughs> and uh, Freckle gives the worst line reading of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Just deepens their voice two octaves to tell some children to come here. <laughs> come here. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to try to do the voice. Hal, can you just, like, get the drop for this? Uh, at, at editing Hal, just splice in some audio. Sure, I can figure out how to do that. I can watch a YouTube tutorial yeah. on how to do that. <laughs> like, maybe maybe just replace, rather than the theme song for this miniseries, <gasps> just do Freckles reading of this line. <laughs> I love that. Come here, kids. Mama's got a surprise for you. That's hilarious. Yeah. I also, uh, I made this note on last episode, on the last episode too, but so Freckle does her audition and they leave. And as they're driving away, we see the, like the titles come up Mm -hmm. and the titles for this show absolutely slap. I did not pay attention. It's, it's like a very dramatic, like fade in, like all of the letters come from different parts of the screen and they align perfectly to spell out the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo. Mm, you're right. To some dramatic music underneath. Yeah, it's um, the kind of it's the style that that you would do for like if they ever did a Max Payne movie. Yeah, like it's something you would expect. Or what's that Jeremy Renner thing? What's the Hawkeye? No, the other one. Jason Bourne. That I mean, he is in those. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly um, a, it's mostly a Matt Damon joint. I understand this. <laughs> I actually I wrote a note about that too. I was like, did the entire budget go into the titles? <laughs> you think this show had a budget? <laughs> Wait, no. Jeremy Renner is in Mission Impossible, isn't he? He's in both of those. I I would bet he... five American dollars that Jeremy Renner is also in the Bourne trilogy. 
Baron. All right, hold on. No, he's only. Jeremy no, I know he's in Renner. Born Legacy. Yes, yes. See? He's in Born. Oh, See? he's not in the original trilogy. I saw this movie <laughs> at a drive-in because Good. it was a double feature mm-hmm. with Born Legacy and I think Star Trek Beyond. Mm. And as we all know, I'm very horny for Star Trek. <laughs> uh, so we suffered through this movie to get to suffer through Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, and like after, so after this movie, I was with my friend Jess, and she was like do you want to stick around for the next one? And I was like, Jess, if we leave right now, I will die. (laughs) We absolutely have to stick around for the next one. I'm looking at this cast and it's pretty like star studded. Oscar Isaac has a cameo as outcome number three. Yeah, Rachel Weisz, Edward Norton. I always love Edward Norton in in basically everything I've seen him in. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, back to the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo. (laughs) Importantly, at the audition, Karen tells Caleb that even though their date was terrible, she's really into Billy. Because she saw him in a commercial. She saw him in a commercial. The fakest form of acting. (laughs) So then Freckle uh, drives (laughs) uh, Caleb and Karen. I don't remember where they're going, but Freckle's driving again. Not looking at the road even a little bit. Yeah, which is somewhat concerning because it does seem like they actually just like filmed these on roads. Mm -hmm. Yikes. So Caleb explains that the thing that he wants to do with his masters is like start like a theater program for underprivileged kids. And Freckle says, oh, like inner city youth. And Caleb says, I don't think that you should say inner city. It's like played out. It's like stereotypical. It's like calling someone Russian. You can't just call a person Russian. Yeah, I think I think I think it goes the other way. Um, importantly, Caleb has a meeting with his advisors mm-hmm. today. Yes, this is the looming event. Like the FaceTime in the previous episode, the meeting with the advisors is the looming event that Caleb like mentions in every like preceding scene. Yeah, and. Although the meeting with the advisors happens much sooner in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's an aftermath. Yeah. Freckle's like, oh, the inner city, you mean like inner city youth? And Caleb's like, I don't think you can use that term. Mm-hmm. And then I did take note of this. He like doesn't use that term again. Uh, like later when he's talking about it, he says uh, kids who wouldn't normally have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's it's There are a couple of scenes where like, like Caleb and Freckle like have conversations about like what is the correct woke terminology and it's like really interesting to see like how that plays out over the course of the show mm-hmm. right because like if the if one of the things this ep- this show is poking fun at is like you know the like queer urge to construct a perfect taxonomy mm-hmm. i think another thing that it's poking fun at is like and the obsession with like specifically the performative wokeness of using the exact correct term yeah uh and and i think like where this show does it well that like rob schneider like would do it poorly is that in this show like the 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 humor is in like is not in like oh wow like these people are saying i shouldn't use offensive words Mm -hmm. it's like the humor is in the like performativity and in the virtue signaling Mm -hmm. and then like later in the show they just go on to like use better terminology yeah 
yeah, and I, I think that's, I think that's like neat and subtle. See, Autumn, the show's good. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, Autumn, the writing of the show is perfect. The writing <laughs> that's is not what I said. It is not. I actually, I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of felt this one. Like my sister teaches at a Title One school, and like it, it is a a whole thing to like talk about. You know the situation of the school and the students, like sensitively. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's like interesting that a show that is like at a very fundamental level an absurdist comedy like takes this seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I, I I like that. I, I I think it's I think it's nice. That's valid. Yeah, on on the car ride, we have this conversation. Caleb says, you can't just call somebody Russian, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> and we also have a very important moment where like I, I think I said in the last episode, like Caleb makes everyone's makes his problems everyone else's problems. Mm-hmm. And everyone else makes their problems Caleb's problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is like a really nice encapsulation of that. Yeah. Like, Caleb, the whole like Caleb's monogamy with Benicio thing, like, Caleb tells all of his friends. Mm-hmm. He implicates everyone. They have an obligation to tackle him now. And they just. They have an obligation to tackle him through a window. No one reacts to it at all. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going insane and- this whole episode. It's like, is this not what's about to happen? Like, is this not cheating and no one's reacting to it? I'm like, is everyone okay with cheating? Is that just the vibe? I don't understand. They're just yeah. desensitized to Caleb being a shithead. Yeah, we it, it is established. Like, Caleb has this hike with uh, Linjamin McButtons, who's Catholic now. He's no longer bisexual. He's now Catholic. I, oh my God. No, the order of events is... Caleb is nervous about getting serious with Benicio. One, because he's in love with a whole other man. And two, he serially cheats on people because he doesn't, he can't make his brain do the monogamy thing. And then he says, but is it really cheating? Because monogamy is such an unrealistic expectation. No, it's not. You're just a slut. But Benicio is so pretty. And Billy is also pretty. But he's straight. And also Karen wants to sleep with him. But Len wants to sleep with Karen, which he can do now because he's not bi anymore. That was a phase. He's Catholic. Because bisexuality means you can't sleep with cis women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people do things the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's part of the joke here about no one understanding bisexuality. <laughs> Autumn, do you feel represented by this Catholic bisexual man? <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> A real one-two punch for Autumn, the show's resident, like, Catholic bisexual. Yeah, I I feel like I should have had a trigger warning for that specifically. Offended a little bit. It's okay. I always forget where Len starts, because I think about where he ends. I'm scared for where he ends. It's considering great. the journey I've been on with him so far, and it's only been, like, a half hour, so. Uh, don't worry, he's not Catholic for very long. I, I figured that, honestly, yeah. I imagine that the process to convert to Catholicism is as arduous, if not more arduous, than the process to convert 
convert to Judaism, which took me three years. I think Judaism is more arduous. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think... Con- yeah, like, I guess because Catholics want everybody to be Catholic. Isn't that the thing? Autumn, is that the thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's true of most religions. <laughs> it usually takes about a year. So, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, because I think... Um, Converting to Catholicism, right? You have to go through like confirmation and stuff. There's just like classes and things, and it, it's about a year long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Converting in Judaism, they like actively tell you to go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't. Yeah. This is like, like the fundamental difference is that like Judaism is not an evangelical religion, mm. like Christianity is. <laughs> I disassociate Catholicism and Judaism in my head. Because they're real big on book learning and wine. I mean, that's, I do too, honestly. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, as someone who was associated with neither religion, (laughs) I feel like Judaism is into wine in like a fun way. (laughs) And Catholicism is into wine in like, it's like, it's Christmas Eve, it's family dinner, your mom lets you have half a glass and then for the rest of the night, she worries that she's giving you too much wine, kind of. I feel like you haven't met a lot of Catholics then. Oh. Uh, most of the Catholics that I've met have also been in the military. Interesting. <laughs> That's a whole separate thing, though. That's such a subgenre. <laughs> to be fair, most of the Jewish people that I've met have also been in the military. Mm. Um, so how's Karen going to sleep with Billy? How is Karen going to sleep with Billy? <laughs> She just can. She can just ask. Yeah, so there's like like a very funny moment here, right? Uh, Caleb and Karen are eating together. Um, and I think this is where I make a note. Uh, Stephanie Koning is an absolute smoke show and this show knows how to frame her. Because mm-hmm. there's this scene where like they're in some sort of restaurant with like an orange wall. Mm-hmm. And it's she's like framed against the orange wall. She's wearing like a muted leather jacket. Her fiery orange hair is like standing out it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. so they call billy they like joint speakerphone call billy in the middle of this restaurant and this sets up the dynamic that these three characters will have for the rest of the series and i find this dynamic to be very enjoyable for specific reasons that we can't get into now yeah the the note i have is that uh like thruple foreshadowing (laughs) That's also what I felt. I'm not sure if the show's going there, but that is the vibe that's very strong. <laughs> yeah. Billy invites them over. They have a short conversation, and Billy's just like, "Well, come over." Yeah, they have a they have a short non like a a a, a bit from a sketch comedy show transpires, mm-hmm. and then Billy invites them over. Billy's getting over a breakup, even though he and the girl that he was broken up with weren't actually dating. I relate to this. Yeah, that happens. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I feel like, I feel like this is, this is very valid. Yeah. Because like, we've all been there. You build up someone in your mind, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you build up your potential relationship, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, in a relationship with someone else, or they're like, not interested in you, or like, they're a lesbian (laughs) or something, and like, you're just like, oh, well, I have to get over, like, I have to mourn this opportunity. Mm -hmm more than anything so they come into billy's apartment and karen sits down on billy's bed and billy immediately like stands behind her and starts giving her a shoulder massage this will be important later (laughs) i was uncomfortable (laughs) same (laughs) and then and then 
they cajole him into like taking off all of his clothes. See, this part I was more comfortable with than the physical contact. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am, I am, as as a, as a human person, just who I am in my life at this point in time. I am deeply uncomfortable with physical contact mm-hmm. outside of an explicitly like romantic and sexual relationship. <laughs> like I am I am and it's like it causes consternation among amongst my family. <laughs> Cuz like I'm not super into hugs, I'm not super into touching, but my mom is definitely like a her love language is definitely like affectionate touch mm-hmm. and I'm just like Esther, we gotta moderate this. <laughs> like, I understand. I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway, but you gotta meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, a handshake. And so, Billy just walking up, and apropos of nothing, giving Karen a massage made me want to like visit the sun. <laughs> I could not believe he didn't ask first. The way he just like started touch, I was like, "What are you doing? Get your hands off her!" I yeah, he's flirting. Yeah. L.A. Um, people, is this an L.A. thing, or is Billy a weirdo? Write in if this is completely normal, and we've just all lived on the East Coast or in the Midwest for too long. Um, they also talk about the date, and Caleb was like, "Why was the date so bad?" And Billy says, "Because you weren't there." Caleb, if anyone ever says that shit to you, it's because they like you. Dumbass. This is the thruple foreshadowing. (laughs) It's not gay to get naked in front of the homies. I feel like uh, there's an episode of this podcast that I should introduce, like we should introduce as, hey, Autumn, I watched an episode of this web series recently where this guy kisses the homies. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. He's like, he's just, he's been working out and he attributes his like workout routine to Caleb in this extremely flattering way. Like, dude, he has a crush on you. Yeah, it's embarrassing. (laughs) It's horrific workout advice. Mm -hmm. Don't count your reps. Have caffeine before you go into the gym. No. Yeah, like I have a friend who almost died because she drank a monster at lunch and then went to gym class and had to run the mile. Holy shit. It's not good. No, like don't. And I know that like most pre-workout supplements like have caffeine in them, but like do not pound a Red Bull and then just go to the gym and do quote, whatever feels good. Like (laughs) have some structure. (laughs) And so he's been working out and so he's sweaty and he's like, oh, I should change clothes. And instead of like leaving him alone in his bedroom, to change into a into a dry outfit, Karen and Caleb are just like, yeah, take your shirt off, yeah, take your pants off, and he just I does will it. say, this is a type of gay I have encountered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Me too. <laughs> that did that did phase me. Yeah, super comfortable with casual nudity, mm-hmm. even when there is sexual tension in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I I have an ex, and oh, no. um. After, after, like, we broke up super amicable terms. Mm. Um, like, didn't work as a, as a romantic relationship, great as a friendship. And afterwards, occasionally we would hang out and he would be like, okay, I need to change clothes. And then, like, just start changing clothes. Mm. And I think that's, like, if, 
if you are at that level, like, that's fine. I think, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with this scene. Yeah, no. Until they do a close zoom on Billy's crotch. <laughs> he is, first of all, wearing the straightest straight man underwear <laughs> I have ever seen. They're like pale blue, loose gay. fitting, fruit of the looms boxer briefs. <laughs> And two, you can see his whole penis through them. <laughs> the zoom, we are in, like, Caleb's mind when the zoom happens. That's POV, you are Caleb. I think it's fair to say that the, the lens of this camera generally follows Caleb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and I think in this scene, Karen as well. Like, I think Karen yeah. and Caleb are both lusting after Billy. Yeah, that's fair. So then we're in the car driving to Caleb's advisor's house where we get like a quick moment of Caleb's like shitty car's like radio not working and then smash cut to where your advisors yeah Caleb's advisors uh they do have names mm-hmm. uh the character names are Jury and Panana <laughs> they are, they are are played by real actresses they play this bit phenomenally mm-hmm. They're in love. I believe that they're in love. I believe that they're in love uh, and that they are in love with Mike Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's yeah. <laughs> these two older <laughs> women who, okay, if any, any of our like professors asked me to have a meeting, like meet them at their house, I would assume that they were trying to murder me. Really? It, is a thing I will say. Interesting. I, I mean, I would agree with that, except that I think that some of our advisors are, are physically incapable of causing harm to another living <laughs> being. Like, I don't think my advisor could, like, I, like, I don't think they are capable mm. of, like, swatting a fly. <laughs> but yeah, Caleb, because, because again, Caleb is in grad school mm-hmm. uh, getting his master's, I think in teaching yeah um and uh so he goes to visit with his advisors to like select classes um, for the for the upcoming semester and they just like like it, it's kind of uh like describing this scene as a fraught proposition <laughs> because it's a lot of little bits with a lot of like deep physicality to them mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly suggest you just like go watch the watch this episode. This is a this is a bit that was definitely clipped a lot, also. But the the important thing here is that uh, Caleb's advisors is that one of them says you need to take this class. So let's put that in your cart. <laughs> but but both of them are in a are They're in love. they are in a relationship. Yes, they are in love. And uh, they're one of those couples who is in love and they hate everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I love that for yeah. them. Um, but they are in a throuple. Yeah, they're in this uh, like, hierarchical is... polyamorous relationship with Mike Wake, who is my favorite character in the entire series. Why? I love Why? him. Uh, no. Specifically, uh, they describe it as a lesbian-centric, semi-non-sexual throuple. Mm-hmm. And this is where the show takes great pains to describe what a thruple is. Mm-hmm. To get us ready. To prime us. It's 2016. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also think this is another bit where, like, this show is taking great pains to, like, kind of poke fun at the, like, 
queer urge to construct a perfect taxonomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's yeah. so many terms that they use to describe this relationship. And really, the only thing that they need to say, which is also a thing that they say, is he's in this relationship. They like yeah. repeat this over and yeah. over again so that we and Caleb know that Mike is not a unicorn. He's not a side piece. He's in this relationship. But he is also importantly available for sex. Yes. <laughs> Adam, do you want to talk about Mike Wake? I hate his mustache. <laughs> it's cute. It's a cute little mustache. No. That is just that is just the the mustache that Michael Strassner, the actor who plays Mike Wake, has sometimes. I mean, that's unfortunate for him, Ben. I it genuinely... makes him <laughs> it makes him look like a nutcracker. I will also say, uh, he plays a, a variation of the same type of character. <laughs> In uh, another movie uploaded to the Brian Jordan Alvarez YouTube channel. We have to do this movie on the pod. Whatever it is, I don't care. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, I, I believe I referenced this last episode. It's called The Spy Movie. Mm. Uh, written, directed, and edited by Stephanie Koning. Sounds bad. <laughs> it's 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 a really fun send-up of James Bond-style movies. Mm. Um I, of course, am now going to pitch yet another podcast. Listen to Kill James Bond, <laughs> a anti-Bond Bond podcast. But, like, I have been in, immersed in James Bond for over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We should also watch Spy, the movie with Melissa McCarthy. Because uh, there's a joke about Melissa McCarthy pegging Jason Statham. Good. good. But, yeah, if you are into the character of Mike Wake, uh, if you are into Stephanie Koenig, uh, I'm now looking at it written out and there's only one in. Sorry, Stephanie. <laughs> Definitely watch a spy movie. It is phenomenal. Michael Strassner plays basically the same character. Good. Highly suggested. The whole point of this scene is that Caleb has a date with Mike Lee. Yeah. <laughs> if things go, we'll have some sodas. And if things go well, then we'll have sex. So Caleb does not communicate his feelings or wants or needs to the correct people. He like tells his friends that he is in love with Billy and Benicio. He does not tell Billy and Benicio about each other or about his feelings for Billy. He does not like say the thing that he means when people say things to him. Mike Waite says the thing that he means all the fucking time. Every single time. Yeah. I did feel really bad for Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I think, keep an eye on Mike Wake. I think he comes back a couple of times in the series. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I literally have a note that says, like, Caleb, like, talk to people. Mm-hmm. But, like, Caleb and Mike Wake are perfect foils in that Caleb can never say the correct thing to the correct person. Mm-hmm. And Mike Wake is, like, 100% honest 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, yeah, we're back in the car after... um the the meeting with the advisors and Caleb was like I have a date with a young bear uh, and at this point in my notes I have written bear discourse <laughs> Mike Wake is a is a young bear I I think it's very fair to say Mike Wake is a bear yeah. he's he's a big hairy guy mm-hmm. he's a bear mm-hmm. I, I think he looks like he gives great hugs and that is a prerequisite for being a bear oh. <laughs> he looks like he's a great cuddler mm-hmm. yeah like. I don't know that I would ever want to have sex with Mike Wake, but I would cuddle Mike Wake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Karen, 
Caleb's like, he's in a thruple with my advisors. And Karen's like, what's a thruple? And Billy knows what a thruple is because he's done his research. Oh, my God. Yeah, once again, <laughs> thruple foreshadowing. Thruple shadowing. Forthruppling. <laughs> and then Benicio FaceTimes. Mm-hmm. I think just FaceTimes to ask if Caleb wants to FaceTime later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? He's down bad. Yeah. He just wants to see his boyfriend's face. He deserves so much better than Caleb Gallo. He really does. There's also a moment where Billy is like, hey, Benicio, did you see those pictures of Caleb in the tidy whities Which I would like to see it. <laughs> There's, like, this implication that, like, Billy took the photos of Caleb in his tidy whities Mm -hmm. to send to Benicio. (laughs) And let me just say, fellas, help your friends take news. (laughs) Just help your friends take news. If if your bro comes to you and says, hey, I need to take some nudes. I'm not very confident in my ability to take these photos. Just help your friends take some nudes. Mm And then we have the date with Mike Wake. Yeah. Well, Karen is like, how are you going to go on this date with Mike Wake if you're in a relationship with Benicio? And Caleb is just like, well, they're both so sexy. Mike Wake is not sexy. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have weird tastes then. No. I think that you're the weird one. Uh, this one time, Autumn is the weird one. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Autumn is like normie representation on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so offended. Okay. <laughs> the one aspect in which Caleb Gallo is relatable to me is that I too am in love with all of my friends at any given point. Yeah, yeah. This should really be called the like gay and horny life of Caleb Gallo. <laughs> yeah, the SEO would work. YouTube would be that, No, the SEO would be terrible. <laughs> That's what Wondrous is slang for. It's a, it's a <laughs> gay stealth term. No. No, is he uh is he a uh, Wondrous? <laughs> uh, I hate this. But yeah, after this car ride and the Benicio FaceTime, mm-hmm. we do have the date with Mike Wake. So the, the captions call him Bear from earlier. I have the same note written down. <laughs> and like, it's clear that someone did these subtitles. Mm. Why did they write Bear from earlier instead of Mike Wake? Does he say name. his name early on? Because yeah. I genuinely did not catch The lesbians say it several times. Yeah, and, and it's one of those cases where they never refer to him as Mike or like Mr. Wake. It's always Mike it Wake. Is always Mike okay, Wake. Okay, I never heard it then somehow. Interesting. <laughs> But yeah, like this this date is like extremely earnest, mm-hmm. but like extremely awkward yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're drinking like off-brand sodas. So <laughs> instead of saying like, do you want a Coke or a Fanta? Mike Wake says, do you want red or orange? <laughs> Someone made those preps. <laughs> nah, they're just like, like they're just straight up like Costco brand sodas. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just have the labels turned away from the camera. <laughs> Michael Strassner, actor who plays Mike Wake, took great care to place those on the table correctly. Good. He's a professional. I trust him. He's a professional. He's a great actor. Mike Wake and Caleb Gallo are sitting on the opposite sides of a table having their sodas. And... There's presumably also a meal. I don't think we see the meal, but there is presumably also a presumably. meal. Presumably. <laughs> but at one point, Mike Wake is like... Uh, 
how sexual are you feeling right now? Like, genuinely? Like, just to gauge, like, the temperature in the room? (laughs) Yeah, early on, like, Caleb says, what are your interests? And Mike Wake says, I like being whipped and gagged. (laughs) That Uh, was a lot. This... this... Because Mike went into this situation thinking that it was a different thing than it is. Yeah, that's why I feel so bad. Like, why is Caleb leading him on and lying about this Mm -hmm. whole thing? Mm -hmm. What an ass. Because Caleb doesn't realize that he's leading him on and lying until he does. Mm -hmm. And then Caleb is a terrible person. Yeah, until Mike Wake moves to the other side of the table. This is also, like, small note, the moment where we, like, where Caleb, like, kind of pointedly doesn't say inner city youth. Mm -hmm. He says, I want to teach theater to, like, kids that wouldn't normally have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Wake asks, asks if he can sit on the same side of the table. To which the answer should always be no. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can sit on the, other, on the same side of the table sometimes. What if you want to snuggle? If, if you are only two people eating a meal together, you have to sit on opposite sides of Hard the table. Hard disagree. In the privacy of your own home. Yes. <laughs> I have went to restaurants and sat on the same side as someone else when it was just two people, and I'm not ashamed about that. Now it that's was a great terrible. time in public. You no. should be. Yep. And to think, I called you normie representation. <laughs> that's right, and I was insulted. I'm glad I could fix this in your minds. <laughs> so Caleb yeah. should not have gone on this date. He has a whole ass boyfriend in Vancouver. Mike Wake is sorry, but he didn't do anything wrong. Mike Wake's never done anything wrong. Yeah, no, he was just lied to. Yeah, I I think, like, the important thing here is that, like, Caleb is confronted with an opportunity to, like, violate his monogamy agreement with Benicio, and he, he turns away, and Mike Wake seems incredibly understand more understanding than i would be frankly (laughs) yeah he should have been angry yeah if if i were mike mike wake i would not be okay with this the camera work in this scene the date with mike wake is really good Mm -hmm. in that it makes you incredibly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it feels like uh a send-up of, like, rom-coms where they use a really close camera angle. To show intimacy. Yeah. It it feels very intentional, um, and it's really quite fun. Uh, I enjoy this scene a lot, as uncomfortable as it makes me. (laughs) Then Caleb leaves, and he says, I love you, and I love Mike Wake, too. Yeah. This is, like... The I love you's at the end are somehow the least awkward part of this scene. (laughs) They are like Caleb, like the thesis of this episode is that it is not gay to say I love you to the homies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then Caleb goes to Billy's apartment. Mm -hmm. He, he like calls Billy and then goes to Billy's apartment. Billy who Uh, is never wearing a shirt. Billy who is, I mean, it's the comfort of your own home. Why would Mm -hmm. you? But also he wants to be a slut. (laughs) Yeah. Billy is also trying to seduce Caleb Gallo, mm-hmm. which he successfully does by telling Caleb that he had sex with Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Off screen, Karen and Billy's relationship 
seems to be working out. Mm-hmm. And Caleb is elated. Billy's like, I slept with Karen. And Caleb's like, wow, you slept with Karen. That's great. <laughs> also, this is the scene where Billy gives Caleb a shoulder massage. Love language. <laughs> the my notes say the rituals are intricate mm-hmm. they're so intricate are you kidding me so okay billy says <laughs> karen really liked his dick and caleb was like oh do you have like a nice dick how big is it <laughs> it was like it's like seven inches and caleb's like oh me too and, and that goes exactly where you think it's gonna go yeah they end up comparing penises <laughs> Billy says yours is quite a bit thicker than mine, (laughs) which implies that uh, Billy has like a turkey dog penis, which is really long and thin. I think that it implies that he's a size queen, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Porque no las dos. No, uh, Billy's not a bottom. Mm, You're right. I think he could be. Platonically, they platonically... uh, Compared dick sizes is a thing that I have written. What did you say, Autumn? I wrote down dudes being bros, so same vibe. (laughs) What's better than this? (laughs) What is better than this? Um, I do have another note for this scene, which is just cable management. Billy has like four air conditioners. (laughs) They're all plugged into the same power strip. Mm -hmm. The the cords are a nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. As someone whose cords are a nightmare... Billy's cords are a nightmare. Oh, it's it's truly horrific. I have I have written here. You want to kiss that man so bad it makes you look stupid. That's an accurate summation of the scene. Yeah. But instead of kissing Benicio. Well, instead of kissing Caleb, sucks Billy's dick. <laughs> I don't I don't think we explicitly said that, but that does happen. And the Benicio FaceTimes. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And Caleb's like, yeah, I'm just at home chilling. Uh, no, Benicio says I'm at home, which is a lie because he's in Vancouver. Mm. <laughs> uh, he's in Vancouver he's in on a project. That he's staying in, Van- in Vancouver. He's trying to get enough acting credits to justify um, a work visa for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, this is where he says pasta. Mm-hmm. He also, I think says he this is where he asks caleb if he can come over Mm -hmm. like because he has he has a week with no like filming or anything and so he's like i can come to the u.s on a tourist visa would you want me to stay with you and caleb says yes lies (laughs) yeah (laughs) like earlier caleb is incapable of telling the truth Mm -hmm. earlier billy says you don't want to betray benicio and like, yes, he does. He just doesn't want to betray Benicio with Mike Wake. Caleb, everyone in this show is a bad person. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, like I said last time, this is Seinfeld if you made it gay and like played it at 1.5 speed. <laughs> like Caleb is just Jerry Seinfeld, but gay. Mm-hmm. Like he's a bad person. <laughs> They're all bad people. But yeah, then after this like, very heartfelt conversation about like i could come visit you in la if you were like interested in that caleb reveals that billy is in the same room Mm -hmm. (laughs) billy who still hasn't buckled his pants back up yeah please billy whose entire bulge you can still see (laughs) get it together billy so embarrassing it's uh it's 
truly a nightmare. <laughs> and then Benicio hangs up the phone and Caleb stares open mouth at Billy's crotch and then we end. It's also worth noting here that like Billy's apartment is a disaster. Yeah. And he's always apologizing for it. He's like, I'm sorry that it's such a mess every single time. I, I don't think I could hook up with someone whose apartment was this much of a mess. <laughs> I just don't think, I just don't think I could do it. That's fair. But yeah, yeah, that brings us to the end of episode two. Total phone call count at this point is 10. Oh my God. <laughs> two episodes, 10 phone calls. Autumn, how are you feeling? <laughs> Um, mostly just, I think, angry at Caleb at this point. I was really honestly, like, I don't care about Mike Wake, but I did feel so bad for him. And the fact that none of his friends seem to care at all about this thing that he's cheating on his boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Who you said is potentially also everyone's friend. So Mm -hmm. what terrible friend everyone is. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the compounding factor here is that, like, Caleb is cheating on his boyfriend with his friends, who are also friends with his boyfriend, who are also, also all know about the monogamy thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of toxic Everyone stuff in this on. show is a terrible person. Yeah. But he's Can't wait to see. He didn't do anything. <laughs> Can't wait to see what horrible things happen next. Sorry, I just, I just scrolled down into the comment section of this episode. Oh, no. And the top comment is, this show feels so real and divorced from reality at the same time. They're right. They're that right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I know all of these people. and None of these people exist. None of these people exist, yes. It's just, it's just, now I'm just reading the comments. <laughs> uh, you can find the show at buttisitunderscoregay on Twitter. Autumn, do you remember where you are on Twitter? Oh, we're uh, also okay, but is it gay on TikTok? Autumnal underscore season. I remember. Do you remember because I reminded you? Of course. <laughs> See where you on the internet. I am at Futons and Bulk on Twitter. I am at Blame Brutus on Instagram. I also do the tweets for Passages North, uh, NMU's literary journal, generally being a nuisance on the internet. Just generally. <laughs> generally. Good for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Stay gay.